0: And welcome into episode 48 of We Went Blues. This is Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic St. Louis and the former Blues defenseman, Barrett Jackman. Well, Barrett, it looks like uh, we're going to have some hockey possibly uh, on the horizon here.
1: Yeah, there's been some, uh, some, some progress in the, uh, the talks about uh, reopening and uh, trying to get some guidelines and uh, some scheduling uh, hammered out, but uh, any news in the sports fronts is uh, good news right now with what's going on.
0: Well, one guy who will like, be excited to get back to the rink is the current Nashville broadcaster, former Blues goalie Chris Mason. He's our special guest this week on the podcast. Jacks, let's welcome in Mace. How you doing,
2: Mace? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I miss you guys. This is uh, this is fun. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I think we miss you more, buddy. It's uh, it, it's good to have you on here and. Uh, uh, having your, uh, your sweet voice, uh, over the airwaves <laughs> is, uh, is going to make a lot of blues fans, uh, very happy.
2: Well, that's good. I, I'll tell you what, those, uh, those couple of years I spent in St. Louis, uh, were two of the best in my career and it's, it's the best sports city, uh, around. And even for me now, I work for Nashville, obviously. And, and people know that and they, they let me know that all the time too, about where my allegiance stands, because every time I'm calling a game, game against St. Louis, there's some Predators fans that, that take issue to some of the comments that I have about the St. Louis fans and about St. Louis and everything, but uh nothing but love for that city. Hope to get up there soon and, and see you guys.
0: Well, Mace, uh, if and when they do get back to hockey, I think one thing that's going to be very disappointing is that you probably won't have enough time to make as many cool guy videos as you have uh, during the quarantine. For those who are unfamiliar uh, with uh, Cool Guy. This is a character that Chris Mason has uh, developed. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at CMace30. Tell us a little bit about Cool Guy and how that came to be and, and some of these uh, funny videos that you've put together.
2: Well, you know, as uh, Jax would tell you, you know, when we, growing up in our era, we never really had social media or, you know, it was kind of discouraged, actually, anything uh, out there and that wasn't, you know, part of the team. And if you're doing individual stuff like that, it was kind of frowned upon, but, you know, now since doing this uh, job in broadcasting, one of the requirements was to get social media, be active, uh, engage with the fans, and uh, you play with so many guys that have such uh, great personalities that are, are funny, outgoing, and, and creative, and uh, you never get to see that. Now, obviously, I think the NHL and all the teams are really encouraging that, so that was kind of my approach to to doing social media was to just have fun with it. We, You know, we talk about hockey and stats, and we're serious uh, so much of the time, but I think people really enjoy seeing, you know, some stupid stuff pretty much. And that's what cool guy is. He's kind of a, uh, this, this character I just created, making a, a video for a promotion for one of the events, the predators were having. And he's kind of like my alter ego. So me, I'm, I'm the dumb clueless, don't know what's going on guy and, and cool guy. Just, he just gets it. You know, he just, he just, he just has all the right answers, the right mentality. And I put on this long wig, obviously with no hair, that's a requirement, I think, and Something I, I dearly miss. Jax might know a little bit about that, but uh, I think you can grow hair, though, right, Jax? If you want,
1: I can. But uh, you know, it's just low maintenance. Yeah. Just kind of keeping it uh, nice and uh, nice and tight. Uh, it's almost like a nice ice surface. You want it to, to be clean up there. <laughs> but uh, you know, li- living in Nashville, you you think uh, you know, Cool Guy's got a pretty good voice. Uh, I've heard some uh, Roman Yossi songs, maybe a little Peppa Rene, and uh, you think that maybe Cool guy is going to be down on Broadway. Uh, maybe uh you know guest appearance in a couple of those bars
2: I, I think so you know once once the dust settles here they started the the reopenings here it's going well so i think cool guy will just you know measure the appropriate time to get out there and uh and to get on stage but uh no I, you know I, I honestly i i have i have fun with doing that and uh i think I, I told you guys this before but my wife and my family are absolutely uh horrified and embarrassed i embarrass them constantly with that character. My <laughs> wife Courtney hates cool guy but everyone else likes him they like him actually better than me so i (laughs) i think he's here to stay for a little bit anyway i just have fun
1: yeah so is uh is cool guy does it go along with spider-man Is cool guy actually spider-man or uh you know i saw a video of uh uh, spider-man up in the tree and uh uh, surprising your kids
2: well that was uh my son fraser who's two and a half now he went through a buzz light year phase and then he went into a uh, Spider-Man phase, and he's, he's in that, so I thought it'd be kind of cool. Um, so I just ordered uh, a, a Spider-Man costume off Amazon for like 30 bucks, and uh, my daughters and my wife were playing with him on the driveway, and then I put the costume on, and I went out and climbed this tree about, I don't know, eight feet up or whatever. That's about as high as I could get, and then they brought him around, and I was wearing the Spider-Man, and I was in the Spider-Man pose, and I jumped down on the thing, and he he was just, he just lit up. And he ran over and he he gave me uh you know a huge hug and he was t- showing me a Spider Man toy that he had in his hand and um, then we walked out and we played on the driveway for a little bit. So he he comes out, I'll go put it on and I'll knock on the door and then I'll come in and, and watch a little show with him or play with him for a little bit time to time. But he just loves it and uh, man, I just I just love that age and it's something uh, fun. I don't talk, so he still he legit thinks it's Spider Man. <laughs> and so I just I oh man, I, I love the look on his face and he, the, the stuff that he's telling me, in quotation spider-man is just uh it's the cutest thing ever
1: (laughs) has he ever been bashing his dad uh, to spider-man or has he been pretty uh complimental uh to to uh to his father
2: (laughs) (laughs) no he bashes me right to my face he doesn't i don't even exist when spider-man's around
1: so he's getting the hockey chirps down already he's just uh goes right for the heart and uh like like you did to uh a few guys in the dressing room maybe uh maybe (laughs) crombine and uh and a guy like uh like conks (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh yeah well Cox. Cox <laughs> brought it on to everybody i think everyone beat Cox down he, he just he, he loved it but uh no you know what it, it's cool I, i've got two girls uh 13 and 8 and they're older and, and they're sweet and uh you know to have a boy we decided to you know try for number three and see if we got the boy i was happy with three girls but uh we got a little boy and, and he's just that he's a little maniac just go 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 and um, it's, it's so much fun and you know, the, the girls are a little older, so they're able to help out and, uh, you know, watch him and interact with him in a, uh, in a responsible way if mom and dad need a, need an hour just to, to get away from the little, little nut job. And, uh, it's been, uh, it, it's been fun. I am just, I'm looking forward to, to watching him grow.
0: Mace, the one thing that you don't realize the impact you have on other dads out there. So I'm watching the video of a Spider Man. He jumps out of the tree. Your son's just so excited, and I'm like, I gotta, get a, I gotta be like Mace. I gotta do more with my kids. And so I'm laying out in the driveway doing the coloring, you know, with the chalk, and and now I'm pitching like 200 balls to, to both kids. So uh, you're really having an influence on, on the rest of us.
2: Well, that's that's a good one. It's a good one to have, and that's you know that's something that. Uh you know, you guys do, you you travel all the time and and you guys cover games. So, you know, as soon as the kids get home from school, you got to go to the rink, you get to say hi, bye, maybe give them a hug and a kiss and you're out the door. So this, you know, although this whole situation kind of sucked for a lot of reasons, it's been good for that, where you're able to really get home. And it's not like you can do, you know, things 24 seven, but you can really put in the time and, and, you know, try to find ways or creative ways, at least to give them you know exercise or creative outlets and you know i've been doing a lot of different things too trying to you know amuse myself and, and those are some of them because i get a, i get a lot of joy out of that too and, and you really get a good chance to really connect i think and and you know develop some strong bonds so I, i've enjoyed that and, and i've done the same too i see stuff you know on social media or on the news or whatever that give me ideas of, of ways to you know change up the routine and, and spend time with the family it's been you know that that part of it's been uh, amazing during this uh, whole uh, you know lockdown kind of thing so it's been uh, it's been a good time to spend with the family that's for sure
1: yeah our household we've been doing a lot of things that uh, maybe we, we haven't uh, been able to do because of uh, schedules with hockey baseball gymnastics and uh, uh, and and just the blues games but uh, just uh, Mace, just make sure that we're not getting Jr. in a leotard or uh, you know a spandex outfit <laughs> like uh, like you did. Uh, the Spider Man might be a little bit uh, out of uh, Jr.'s uh, realm right now with the quarantine <laughs> nineteen he's for put a on. A
2: lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do it though, you do, you need to video document it. Okay, <laughs> I would like to see that and bust your balls about it too. So I just think I'd pay for I would you love to it,
0: fly though. up here before I do that. <laughs> so Mace, short drive. Yeah,
1: so Mace, you've obviously been staying in shape and, and doing some things, but uh, uh, you think maybe when the season gets going, there might be a few guys that have kind of let themselves go, and uh, you know maybe there might be a starter or a backup role uh, that you want to get back into here.
2: Uh, that's I've kind of been secretly hoping that's the case, getting the resume ready. Um, right now, I'll get in the dressing room. I don't know if I could play games, but uh, I could go out and practice. I still actually, uh, a couple times a year, get on the ice with the guys when uh, either Pekka, Rene, or UC Saros are either taking a day off or if they're a little illness or something like that, I'll get out with the guys. But man, I'll tell you, honestly, it, it's, uh, it's a battle. It's a battle to get out there. But no, I, I, I do. Uh, I started playing tennis last year uh, all the time. And then now I, I play pickleball non-stop I just love that sport but I try to find ways to keep that I need that I just found that out about myself I think we're all similar in that that fashion I need some sort of competitive physical outlet in my life so I've really found a couple in tennis and, and pickleball that I like uh, as for playing my days of that are past I can put the gear on and I can hang and, and chat in the room but uh, that's probably as far as it goes
0: Well, Mace, the Blues don't necessarily need any uh, goalies. Uh, You have Jordan Bennington and and, uh, Jake Allen. They've done a tremendous job this season. But please, please, please come back. You can be the number three. I just want to cover you. Jax, I think I've told Mace this story, but uh, one night uh, I have to talk to him after the game for a hockey news story that I was writing. In addition to the post-dispatch, I was doing some stuff for the hockey news. And they said, hey, look, we need the interview. So uh, I'm rooting for the Blues to win. I'm rooting for Chris Mason to have a great game. Uh, so that he'll be in a good mood afterwards and do the interview and they get waxed six to nothing no fault of masons i'm sure the defense wasn't there who played d back then Uh, (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah defense was pretty (laughs) terrible that night yeah so i just walk up to mace kind of tail between the legs and said hey mace i'm sorry about this bad timing and he said no no let's do it let's do it let's do it man so uh he was great he's one of my favorites mace uh, i want to cover you can you come back here and be the number three
2: I would love to I'll tell you what that's uh when you get out of the game those are kind of the things you miss and I, I don't know what you're like Jax but I there's not many games specifically or specific you know there's the odd highlight moment or that you know your first win or Jax's first goal or whatever it may be that you're you remember only but, goal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know you, remi- that's, you miss being around the guys and, and that part of it and and, uh, JR, I'll tell you, you're, you're honestly, I was just telling my wife this when I was telling her I was getting to go on with Jax and you, uh, you're one of my favorite media guys that, uh, that I ever worked with. And, uh, no, it's a pleasure. And I, and I miss that stuff. That's why I'm really thankful for the job that I have now, because I still get to see you. I still get to see uh, all the old faces, Jax every once in a while, uh, crossing paths. And, um, it's a, it's a great way to stay in the game and continue to see the people you love being around. So. I'll tell you one thing though about St. Louis, which I came from Nashville to St. Louis, and Nashville is obviously an expansion team. Um, You know, our there's not a lot of media coverage down here at the time, and you know our philosophy as an organization was, hey, any media request, you have to do everything, whether you lose, whether you you know anything, you've got to be available. We need the exposure, you know, so that was a big requirement of the players, and so I was just conditioned to that. And I got to St. Louis. And it was different. I, I remember I doing an interview on TV, uh, post game after we lost the game and I thought nothing of it. You know, they, they came up, Rich came up to me and I say, Hey Mace, can you do TV? Yeah, no problem. Next day I got called. First of all, I got called on the way to the rink. Mace, can you come up uh, to the office? I got to see you. JD and, uh, Larry Plo are, aren't very happy with you. I'm like, what? Like what? We only lost, I think it was, we only lost two, one. And, uh, and so I got to the rink and then I ended up, didn't go up to the office. I ended up talking to, to Rick Wamsley on the ice and he, uh, we're skating around and he said, uh, you know, and I love, I love warmer too, but he's like, did you, do you not care that we, we lost the game? And I'm like, I was taken back. I didn't know what it was at first. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, Larry and, and JD, they're upset with you because you did, you did the post game interview. They saw you on the TV after the game and, and they were they were pissed off, and I and I was taken back. I'm saying, why? Well, I said, no. I said, go ask my parents because my parents were in town. I said, of course I care. I said, ask them how upset I was after the game, and it, it was just a different, uh, you know, just a different set of uh, rules, I guess, or a protocol. But I, I didn't know, you know, I, I had no, I was oblivious to that. So after that, I said, hey, if you don't want me to do it, just let me know at least. And uh, you know, I anyway, it was kind of a different thing. But I've always been, you know, if you're a player, whether you play good or bad. You know, I understand there's, you know, injury or some of that kind of stuff where you can't be available to the media. But I, you know, I had no problem facing the music. If I didn't play well and I was the reason why every one of those six goals went in, you know, I gotta answer I gotta answer my teammates first of all, but I have no problem answering to the media. So I just felt that was part of my responsibility as a as a player to to be available. So I, I had no issue whether I played good or bad, even though it wasn't fun all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah I, I definitely know about that i think the only time that jr would ask me questions is uh after alaska's uh uh, a couple of guys would get pissed off and not talk to the media. But uh, I think we went from an extreme of uh, Manny legacy to you where Manny wouldn't talk to anybody, including his wife on uh, on a game day or or in between. And, and then you uh, you come in with a personality. And like you said, you, you got to be honest. You got to own up to, uh, you know, whether you played well or, or poorly. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, definitely respected you for that.
2: Well, and you were like that too, Jax. And I, I just think, you know, t- teach their own. Everyone's got their own, you know, way they do things and what they need to do to, to be at their best. But I, I think, you know, it, it helped me too just to say, hey, you know what, Every, it's not like I'm. no one knows that I didn't have a bad game. Everybody knows. Might as well give my side of it. So I, I, I didn't have an issue with that. And And, you know, hockey's getting better at that, I think, too, with all the – media access and availability and, and we talked about seeing the personalities you get more connected to the guys now and then you know there's some empathy i think from the fans too when you really like a guy and you're like a person and you know at the end of the day people want to see people being accountable you know what there's another game in two days you got you got a chance to redeem yourself in a couple nights so once that's done it's done it's out the door and it's over with but i think it's important for for players to to be available and like i said teach their own but there's a lot of guys that'll stay in the room and then there's the, the guys that uh they don't play well, and they don't feel like it. Maybe they're going through a slump or something. You know, they're out of there, but uh, you know, teach their own. But I think the fans and the media deserve to to talk to the guys and, and hear what they have to say.
0: All right, I want you guys, uh, Chris Mason and Bear Jackman, to tell me about the bag check. I'll tell uh, the listeners here what it is as soon as you get into a town. You land in St. Paul. You get to the hotel. You see the players get off the bus, and about thirty seconds later, they're ready to go out. I'm like, how did they check into their room so quickly? Tell me about the bag check. And Mace, you've made it so popular on social
2: media. Well, I got to give I got to give Hal Gill credit for this because he is a bag chucker in every sense of the word, and basically anyone that travels, you know, can relate to this. So that's, uh, you know, we were on a trip, we were in Montreal and, um, he said, you know, we're always trying to find ways to do different things on social media. And, and so he said, Hey, do you want to just record me chucking my bag and you know what we do when we get in on, you know, off of a road trip? I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. So I recorded him. He just, it's, it was like an 11 second video. He just walks around the corner. Chucks his bag in the room, walks out, and then we put the description of what a bag checker is. And uh, it went like it went crazy. I think there's like 150,000 or what? I can't even remember. It just went like nuts. We are laughing so hard, but it's just because everybody can relate to it. Um, you know, when I was a player and when Jack's a player, you don't have much of an opportunity to get out and see all the cities. Everybody says, uh, you know, oh, that's so cool. You get to travel and you get to do all these things. Uh, which is true and awesome, but when I was a player, I never really got to experience, you know, what every city had to offer because you have your routines, the meal you got to eat, you got to get in the room and stretch, and obviously get your sleep and get rested for the game. But now, as a broadcaster, I don't have to get up and skate in the morning. You know, I gotta, I gotta seven o'clock to, to talk and uh, try to show my my chipper personality on the air. But uh, I, you know, we get a chance to go out. It's you know, either if we want to go to a, pub someone said hey you got to go check this out go have a couple beers there you know go to a coffee shop and talk about you know life or whatever go to the you know this this cool like sandwich spot so now we get like the opportunity you go in the hotel get off the bus go up to the room chuck your bag and boom you're right out and gives you as much time as possible in the city so it's been uh it's been fun and i've really enjoyed working with hal gill too it's you know it's like uh you know another teammate a player that i used to uh, play with and you know, obviously we got a lot of things in common and we just we just try to have fun. At the end of the day, you gotta enjoy what you do and and that definitely helps. So we, we have fun with it
1: yeah i definitely enjoy watching the uh, videos of of you and uh hal together but uh you know i remember my first uh experience of uh, of bag checking was my first year in the league we're in the western canadian swing uh, i think we just played in calgary flew right to vancouver and you gain an hour so you kind of get in probably around eleven, eleven thirty, 11 30 and uh, a couple of the boys were all right be down in five minutes we're gonna go grab some drinks and I remember, you know, as a rookie, you wait for all the older guys to get off the bus and grab their bags and everything, and uh, by the time I grabbed my bag, Joel Quinville had gone up to his room (laughs) had changed out of his suit into a pair of jeans, had a cigar in hand, and was waiting for a taxi out front. So that was, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you got some great leadership when your coach is the first one uh, up and, and chuck his bag and, and back down to uh, uh, to hit to the bar. And then uh, actually that night I remember a bunch of the boys were, were in, uh, I think we walked into a bar that, uh, that Joel was in, he bought everybody a round of drinks and then he walked out and said, have a good night, boys. I'm going to go find a new place. So it's, uh, uh, you know, class acts, uh, you know, around the league and some, some great stories, uh, all starting with the old bag Chuck.
2: That's awesome. Well, that, yeah. Like you said, you, you, if he's leading the way, you don't have to worry about the coach waiting in the lobby to see who's, uh, who's going out the door right away. But, <laughs> uh, no, those are some of the best times and you, you know, you don't get that many opportunities to, to get out with the boys and have a beer. And, um, you know, that, that's that's one of the things that I, I really miss the most is, is that bonding time. And it was so important in the years that we played together, Jocks, Man, we had such a, a great group of guys. And uh, some of those times that, you know, either in St. Louis or, you know, on the road with the guys and we're, you know, getting to know each other. And uh, that year that we went on that big run there, I think that was such a huge part of it. We are such a close knit team. And a lot of it was because of, uh, you know, the social activity that we did. Uh, with our families or or with the boys when we're on the road or wherever, but I, I think it's it's such an important factor, you know, in developing that team chemistry. And man, I miss that's one of the that's one of the things I miss the most about not playing anymore.
0: Chris Mason, the former Blues goalie, is our guest on episode number forty eight of We Went Blues. And Mace, we're going to talk about that big run that you and Jacks went on and back in two thousand nine. And uh, it was because Jacks of uh, some great goaltending by our guest, We're going to break that down when we come back on episode 48, but first, this word from Roman. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities, basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear Back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Romans Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two day shipping. You also get a free unlimited follow-up with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to address your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com forward slash blues for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com forward slash blues for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Welcome back to episode 48 of We Went Blues. Chris Mason, our guest. And Mace, you were dealt to the Blues, as you know, June of 2008. It was the second year of a three-year deal that you had signed with the Nashville Predators before the trade. And so you're making $3 million. The Blues trade for you right, right at the draft there. I was at the draft, and I called Manny Legacy, and I said, what do you think about the Blues picking up Chris Mason in the trade? And his first words, that's a lot of money. (laughs) First thing he said, I guess his way of uh, saying they were bringing in a a really good goaltender, which uh, you proved to be.
2: Well, you know, that was the first time I'd been traded in the the National Hockey League, and I'd been with Nashville, and I I didn't have a great year that year, and um, Dan Ellis – um had an awesome year they had pecorine in the minors that uh, he was ready to play in the nhl so you know obviously uh with the salary that was the most i ever made um in the nhl um so i you know i could kind of see the writing on the wall uh and then when i went to st louis uh you know it was uh, i'd played with jacks um at a world championships and i knew a couple guys and obviously i knew st louis very well from all the the rivalries and, and playing and it was just, it just felt right when I got there. I just, I love the, the city. I love the, just the way that people just love their teams, hockey, the way they love the blues. And uh, we had a young team. We had some good, you know, veteran guys, Paul Korea, Keith Chuck, obviously uh, some great players, but a lot of our core was, was younger guys. I, I just felt like we had such a, a good balance of guys, Manny Legacy, obviously, you know, a great goaltender, uh, a good teammate. And, and, you know, we had, uh, it was just—it was one of the, I think, one of the best years I think that I, I ever had um, in terms of everything with with the, the 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 team, the city, the underdog mentality. When we went on that run in the second half, nobody expected us. we were – what were we? Fifteenth? We're almost la- dead last. It was similar to the Blues, except they finished it off uh, last year. But it was a very similar uh, storyline where you know we were counted out. We nobody expected anything, but we just had this this belief inside the dressing room that that we could do it and it was uh every single night you know odds were stacked against us and we just kept going and going and winning and winning and it was uh it was such an awesome year and one I hold dearly every time I go back to St. Louis it's funny you know there's if a fan or something if I'm out or someone recognizes me they always mention that they said man that was such a such a great run you guys had we'll never forget they, they thank you for it which is you know, it's kind of cool that someone you know thanks you or even remembers. You know, when you're done, and then someone tells you that they remember when you played, it's a pretty cool feeling. And it was because of that year and the and the group of guys that we had. That was a very special group. Everybody was unified. You know, the odd time you'll have, you know, one or two guys that kind of don't fit in, or you know, maybe not quite the chemistry that that you you know you'd like to have. But that that year was it was unparalleled to me. the the, the chemistry and and just the run and that that was just such a wild ride.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was definitely a you know a close close-knit group and uh you know it definitely like you said there's a lot of similarities uh between what happened uh, uh back then in and, and the blues just kind of how they they bonded as the underdogs and um, you know, I was just looking at some of the stats and, and, you know, on, uh, one of the hockey references, you could see the, uh, uh, you know, green for a win and a red for a loss. And there was a lot of red at the beginning of the year and then, uh, a lot of green at the end. But I, I really think, uh, you know, the start of that, uh, that run was, um, that big game in Boston. I think we came back uh, a few seconds left in the game, tied it up and then ended up winning in overtime. But that's right when you, uh, you know, took the the starting job and, and ran with it. And I, I think we won, you know, 18 out of 26 games or something like that to, you know, to, to jump into that uh, playoff spot.
2: Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, that, that game, that game in Boston, it's funny how one, you know, one instant, one night, one game, I think it was a day game. Actually, it might've been, um, but, yeah we come back and we win in Boston and we're, we're down and out and you know back scores that goal to, to tie the game with you know whatever a couple seconds left and then all of a sudden it was like just a switch you know we just started winning and we started you know just building that momentum and that confidence and it was uh it was it was a powerful feeling and I you know I look back on the area we got we got swept against Vancouver I think they're all one goal games but I think one of the the biggest things that I wish that we didn't do that year was when we were in Vancouver. Tell me if you remember this Jax is when we were, we're getting ready for practice <laughs> yep. and I uh, know
1: exactly what you're going to say.
2: <laughs> nobody knew what was going on and we got a young group too. I think if you had an older team, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been so such a big deal, but we had a younger team that was just kind of oblivious and just going out there and pl- playing the games and we we're riding, you know, just the, just the fun and the underdog and we, you know, didn't have a care in the world. But uh, Andy Murray moved our practice over to the University of BC from because he didn't want the media coverage, or he wanted to, you know, throw a little, you know, kink in what was going on there. And I think that kind of made every, it kind of changed the feeling a little bit of all the younger players saying, "Whoa, why? What are we doing this for?" This is, you know, it's kind of it just changed the dynamic a little bit. And, And we still played well, and we didn't really match up against Vancouver. Uh, That well, we were supposed to play San Jose, I think, which we, we played, you know, we matched up very well against them. We ended up winning that last game of the year and all these different things had to happen for us to finish sixth and, you know, four or five teams lost that shouldn't have lost. And anyway, we got in there, but that was, uh, you know, look at, I guess, you know, it's all said and done now, but that was, you know, disappointing end to it. Just a great run.
1: Yeah, I, I agree that, uh, you know, Andy kind of, you know, we went to who cares about the opposition and uh, uh, about what's going on outside of the team. And, and we just had that confidence, like, you know, we're going to outwork every team. And uh, as long as we keep it close, we get a chance to win in the end. And uh, I think Andy's kind of a little head game to uh, to the media and to the Vancouver Canucks kind of, uh, you know, took a little steam out of our, our sails and, and, uh, you know, maybe it was the wrong, uh, wrong idea at the time. But uh, I wanted to go back, Mace. I, we might have overlooked something in that Boston game. Um, I, I don't think you were supposed to be the starter in that game and maybe maybe had a, a couple drinks the night before. Is that, uh, is that what happened?
2: Well, you know, I, what, I, didn't, I didn't start that game, actually. And we're in Boston. I think it was, uh, who was hurt? Was it Dan Hino that was hurt? Somebody was hurt. And we're in Boston, and it was, uh, what was this? I think it was January. Anyway, something was going on. So he's like, hey, do you want to go for a couple beers? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's afternoon game. I'll go for a couple, but I'm not going to be all late. But, you know, so I had a couple beers. And all of a sudden, it was like 10 minutes into the game. And uh, Manny got scored on. And then I think a couple minutes later, he's pointing to his arm or something like that, and um, he got hurt. So I had to go in. So I went back in the. I think it was Dan who was, was in the, he was <laughs> sleeping on the training stuff. table. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he's on the bike, I think. And I went back and I, I said, guess what? I said, I'm going in. He's like, no way. <laughs> so, I like, I go, yeah, no. so I went in and it's it kind of one of those things, but you know, that it happens sometimes where, you know, and I never actually drank for night before games, like never. And I, it wasn't, you know, like I was out all night or anything, but it was just kind of funny, the whole circumstance. And then we went in and, and I'll tell you what, that I just, I respect that team so much the way that you know you guys played for me and you played like that every single game no matter what. That's that's who you are. But uh the, the you know the way that you guys battled in Boston, they were they were a good strong hockey team and um you know capable of blowing anybody out of the building and, and we found a way to do it. And it's funny how just that one game just triggered the rest that whole run. And it was I can't remember they had a name for that game. It was like the miracle on I can't remember. Someone someone came up with a name for it, but it was like one of those kind of games, and it just completely turned uh, our season around. Uh, you know, just completely 180 degrees. So, remember that one pretty uh, pretty vividly.
1: Yeah, so do I. And then, you know, all good things uh, start with the old bag, Chuck, uh, the night before. So, just remember that, uh, you youngsters. Uh, uh, well, it's a mentality. Chuck- yeah, just chuck the bag. Yeah. Let's
2: go for milkshakes, hey. though, guys. Yes, milkshakes. <laughs>
0: And Mace, you took over the starting job uh, at, at, somewhere around that point, and uh, I felt like I needed to go back and look up the stats because uh, so many years now I've just been saying how incredible Chris Mason was in that second half. But I, I you know, being a writer, I, I want to go back and look at the numbers. So I know you probably read these numbers to your kids at night instead of a bedtime <laughs> book, or, or, or maybe you have these numbers tattooed on on the back of your arm or your <laughs> bicep or something. But but check this out, Jax, from uh, January 19th uh, until April 12th, the end of the regular season mace went 24 8 and 6 with five shutouts it was a 2.08 goals against best in the league in that stretch from january to april and the 924 save percentage tied for the fourth best so i'm sure the mason kids are hearing a lot about those numbers there
2: no they i don't even know if they know i played hockey i try to tell them like hey guys i used to play in the nhl they're like oh dad would you shut up already because i always you know try to tell them when they start giving me the gears but you know i honestly uh, yeah, and this I, I loved Andy Murray. I know some guys had their issues with him, but he had us dialed in. He had the, the younger players playing defense. We, we locked it down. We, you know, like Jack said, we went out there and we, we'd outwork teams. We try to stay in the hockey game as close as we could. And, you know, one of our big dogs, Osher, you know, and there were younger guys too, but we got a lot of production from guys that were just coming in the league. David, uh, you know, Perron was, was there, um, obviously Paul Korea, Keith but it was just, it was there were every different, any different night, everyone was contributing and, and the bit, it started around defense and we really bought into that mentality. And, um, you know, it, it, it ended up being, like we said, it was a magical run and, you know, I, those numbers are nice and shiny, but I'll tell you what it was, uh, it was probably about, you know, 30% me and 70% of what the guys were doing in front of me. They, they did such an awesome job and we just, it was such a awesome feeling to go out there every night we knew no matter who we're playing against too you know we you look at the rosters and you you line them up and you know this team's got all these superstars and this this type of team it didn't matter to us we just went out there and like jack said we're gonna outwork everyone and we knew we'd be in the game we knew we'd be standing there at the end you know either winning the game probably or 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 down one but giving ourselves a chance every night and and we did so it was it was awesome
1: yeah i think the, the biggest key for the team was uh you know a lot of teams came in, and they thought maybe you know not the best record these this team's not going to uh uh you know play that hard, but we would play hard every night and uh you know I think we just kind of wore down the uh the opposition and they just by the end of it just you know didn't have the will that we had to uh to keep going but um you know I think that style us also uh you know kind of was our, our to our detriment uh you know come the playoffs I think we were so worn worn down and beat up that uh we just weren't able to you know to to really close it out and and uh you know score some goals in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, that was that was the t- that was the tough part. It was obviously that was the disappointing end uh, to the whole thing. But um, you know, look, I, I don't focus on that anymore. At the time, I was you know obviously heartbroken that we ended that way, especially after that run. But it was uh, again, like I th- I think I said earlier, it was it was one of the best experiences, one of the best years of my life. Most enjoyable hockey. Just just I just loved every day going to the rink, practicing. And Andy Murray used to do this thing too on the road. Um, every night before road game, like it, you know, he'd go down at like five or six in the morning and slip this sheet, this uh, preview <laughs> game preview sheet of their systems and this and that. He'd, he'd make mistakes on it. And then he'd ask the rookies, he'd say, hey, what was this, uh, you know, the date or something like that. And he'd try to catch you to make sure that everyone is reading it. And, uh, you know, maybe some guys thought it was a little overkill, but I, even, even looking back on that, like I, I love, because I'd always get up at like six in the morning, order breakfast to my room, and then I'd go back to sleep for another hour before the bus or whatever. But So I'd always be there sometimes when the sheet was uh, was coming in. I think Jax, you might be one of the guys that was waiting there one time. He put it in, and you pushed it right back, and he did it like five or six times. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, like
1: I think uh, either Jay McKee was still awake when Andy Murray was coming by or, or Big <laughs> Walt just woke up. So it was one of those two, I think, that uh, started throwing it back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was uh, Big Wall, but uh, that's something he would do. But man, yeah, what a year! Yeah, it
0: was a
2: all of right, fun. Mason
0: Jacks. Uh, let's wrap up with one quick thought from each of you guys on the, on the latest. It looks like uh, the return to play committee is talking about a twenty four team format. Don't need to get into all the nitty-gritty details, but uh, 12 teams each side. You'd have uh, the top four in the West, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. They would probably play each other. Then you'd have the next eight, Edmonton, Nashville, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Arizona, and Chicago, and they'd have to play, and you'd try to will it from 24 to 16 and then start your playoffs two pod cities. I like the sound of what they're saying. Vegas might be a pod city in the West, be a lot of bag chucking going on there. I could imagine Uh, (laughs) Columbus uh, potentially in the East, but just, just a quick thought on on what you think about this plan as it seems like it's going to come to fruition.
2: Well, for me, I'm just glad I know, you know, you look on social media and everyone's got their, uh, you know, their own input about it. And some people are just saying, I'm surprised a lot of people are saying, I just canceled the season already. Uh, You know, and, Making a big stink about you know the tradition of the game. Hey, you know what? I, I just I, I know for a fact I'll be watching every single hockey game. Those plans, you know, when they have baseball, they have those one game wild card plans. Those are some of the best, most exciting uh, sporting events you could ever watch. And this is this is a new world here right now for is for the NHL. This is a traditional sport that is finding a way to get their their players back on the ice and get this game and finish this season out. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the, like you said, the nitty gritty about the details of it. There's people that are, you know, far more qualified to make those decisions. I'm just happy that it's, you know, it looks like it's, it's going to come back and do it. And I'll tell you what, I'll be watching every, you know, single one of those hockey games because it's going to be, guys are coming back. They haven't had an opportunity to skate. I'll be more interested to see how much time they have before the games actually start to get ready for, you know, the, the restart of this season. But uh, I'm just happy that they're they're finding a way, and it's going to be this this is going to go down in the the history books this season for for what everybody's went through and to get this back up. So I, I, I can't wait. I don't I don't care what they do as long as they start playing again.
1: Yeah, I'm like you, Mace. That I think they just need to find something just to lift some spirits, uh, get some sports on TV. And uh, whether it's fans or not, I, I really think the uh, the competition uh, uh, is going to be big for a lot of people to, to see. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, you, you look at some of the older teams that maybe have taken some, uh, uh, you know, the, the l- a couple months off. And, and maybe it'll take them longer to get their legs under them uh, than maybe a, a Colorado or an Edmonton or uh so it's going to be uh it's going to be fun to watch it's it's going to be uh you know kind of uh, uh, a free-for-all but uh, like you said the excitement of uh those play-in games uh wild card type uh, atmosphere is really going to get the uh NHL back uh, uh and and I think the TV ratings and uh, you know listen to you on the radio is going to be a lot of fun too
2: <laughs> yeah well I don't know about that but uh it should be for Predators fans anyway
0: Chris Mason, he was our guest. What a fun uh, conversation with you, uh, Chris. And I just want to tell you, next time the three of us get together, if that ever does happen, uh, first round is on Jax.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm down (laughs) for that. I can't wait to see you guys. I I miss you guys, especially talking now. I miss you guys a lot
1: yeah can't wait to get the other mace and uh uh you know enjoy the family time uh, get some more cool guy and uh spider-man videos up so uh people could see and uh, uh give uh, give the family a hug for us and uh thanks for uh, for taking the time uh, hopefully jr is a little bit better next time
2: <laughs> i knew it We're was back coming at you, yeah <laughs> thanks mace thanks guys
0: well, Jacks, it seems like every week we talk about uh, that guy being one of our favorites. I don't know if we just uh, bring on the best of the best with some of these buddies of yours.
1: You know what? I only pick uh, friends that uh, are the best. So, uh, yeah, Chris Mason is uh, uh, one of the uh, you know pre- premier uh, goaltender personalities I've ever played with, and uh, you know he did a pretty good job between the pipes as well.
0: He was great. Well, good stuff, Jacks. Uh, it, it was fun. Talking with you and your buddy Chris Mason. Some other pods that are out this week. Hall of Famer Ray Bork joined the Perfection Pod with Joey McDonald and Fluto Schwanza this week at The Athletic. Mike Doc Emmerich joined the Pen Ultimate with Sean Gentile and Rob Rossi and Josh Yoey this week at The Athletic also. If you want to uh, talk about blues and We Went Blues, check out the comment section for each podcast episode at the Athletic app. Don't forget to rate and subscribe We Went Blues on Apple. If you click on the show URL, theathletic.com forward slash We Went Blues, you'll get 40% off your subscription. So for Barrett Jackman and myself, Jeremy Rutherford, both of The Athletic St. Louis, we thank you for listening to episode 48 of We Went Blues, and we'll talk to you next week.